Amen. Well, our reading was John 19, verses 1 through 30, and our text today will be verse 30 of John chapter 19. Verse 30 of John chapter 19. The Lord Jesus Christ has completed His work and accomplished redemption for His people. Therefore, we must see here that the entire basis of our salvation rests solely and completely on the work of Jesus Christ and Him alone. Here we have one of the seven cross sayings of our Lord. Seven things that Jesus uttered from the cross. And this is one of them. This is the next to final cry of our Lord as He prepares to commend His Spirit to His Father, as we read in Luke twenty-three forty-six, And He is going to lay down His life as a ransom for His people, as He said He would do in John ten eleven, where He said, I am the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd giveth His life for the sheep. We learn by comparing Matthew, Mark, and Luke with John that this is the second to last statement of the Lord Jesus. In this statement we learn that our redemption is complete, that it is finished. But there is more contained in this statement than we can ever really comprehend to trace all of the historical and prophetic significance of this event would probably take more than a lifetime, if it could be done. To understand all that went into this one moment in the providence of the sovereign hand of God, orchestrating every event before the foundation of the world, as it is revealed to us in God's holy book, And even in the realm of secular history, we have to understand that things were going on that had been orchestrated by God to bring this event to pass. And to try and trace all of that seems to be an impossible task. To deal with all that is covered in this verse would take multiple services, multiple times of preaching, and seeing as I have one today to deal with what is here, I would like for us to just consider one particular part of this verse, and it is that statement, it is finished. I want us to focus our minds on that statement of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want us to consider three parts of this statement of our Lord and the significance of each part we will consider His announcement, His announcement, His accomplishment, and His acquirement. His announcement, His accomplishment, and His acquirement. And under His announcement, we want to consider what did He cry out? And why did He cry out? What did He cry out and why did He cry out? In verse 30, we read, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, He said, It is finished. It is finished. It's one word in the Greek. Our English translation, uh, as 
Most all do break it up into three words. It is finished. But it is one word in the Greek. And by simply parsing that word, we learn it is a verb. It is a verb which means to complete. To complete. And we find that it is in the perfect tense. Which means that it is an action completed in the past with continuous results. And so we understand that this atonement, this dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, the effects of it will last, continuing on to this very day and going forward. And that our entire eternal rest with God depends on this work. We could translate it, consummated. It is consummated. In order to communicate the reality of this event and what's going on here. And it may help uh, to give an illustration here. It might help for us to think of this as the consummation of a marriage. If you think of a marriage and all that goes into it, the proposal is accepted and the promises are made. But the signing of the marriage license and the lying together of husband and wife are the final acts before the marriage is consummated. And so we have all through the Old Testament, promise after promise, types and shadows pointing to the redemption of God's people. We know that the Son and the Father, the Spirit, the triune God, planned redemption. And of course we can't understand the counsels of God. And we can't begin to plumb the depths of all that went on in this plan that was laid before the foundation of the world. But we understand that this proposal was made, that the Son accepted the mission, and that these promises and these types and these shadows were all given to us in the Old Testament. And that's what Old Testament saints were trusting in as the promises of God, as the basis, the promise of the cross work of Christ coming. For their salvation. So we. If you go with the illustration. We have here. The consummation. Of the eternal plan. Of the triune God. We have the actual reality. That all the types and shadows. Pointed to and signified. Of the death of Christ. The consummation. Of the plan. The consummation is the death of Christ. It is our reality. We could say from the beginning of Genesis 3.15 to the end of Revelation 21 and 22, the beginning of redemption, the end of redemption, they meet here in the middle in this central act of God's redemptive history. And this one act brings to completion the purchasing of God's people and the establishing of the reality of our salvation. So this is no small text. This is no small statement. So much is wrapped up in this statement that it's hard to really know and see all the significance So we see what he cried out. He cried out, it is finished. He cried out, 
the consummation of the redemption of God's people. We want to see why he cried out. Why he cried out. Well, it seemed obvious that he cried out to declare his victory. That he cried out to declare his victory. The Lord Jesus Christ is not throwing up a white flag when he cries out. He is not weakly crying out as if he was glad his work is over. He is triumphantly proclaiming that his mission is accomplished. It is finished. It's hard to really imagine the event. The Lord Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, bloodied with a crown of thorns, mashed into His forehead, being scourged by the Romans, proclaiming, it is finished. It's hard to fathom what He endured for us. But He cried out to declare His victory. And He cried out to ensure His people's assurance. His people's assurance. This is the incarnate Son of God. Crying out, it is finished. What more assurance do we as God's people need than the infallible record of the Holy Scriptures That God who cannot lie has said it is finished. Our tendency is to look for something else to be done. Our tendency is to think that there's something we must add. It's due to our fallen nature. We think there's something we must be able to do. Or there's something we must have to do. Or when we doubt our assurance of our salvation, we look for something to do or to look back to that says, oh yeah, I did this when I was here and so I must be saved. But this is the final assurance that anyone needs. The Lord Jesus Christ saying, it is finished. It is finished. Our Lord knows how desperate we are to know for sure that we are reconciled to God. And He has here given us that assurance in a single word in the original. A single word. It is finished. So we see His announcement. And we want to see His accomplishment. What did He finish? What did He finish? In John 17, 4, we read, I have glorified Thee. This is the high priestly prayer of our Lord Jesus to His Father. I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work which Thou gavest me to do. I have finished the work which Thou gavest me to do. The Lord Jesus, looking ahead, knowing the certainty of His death, knowing the certainty of the consummation of the redemption of God's people, could say in His high priestly prayer to the Father, I have finished the work which Thou gavest me to do. Before His death, 
before his burial, before his resurrection, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Because he knew with a certainty that was beyond any doubt that this was going to come to pass. So what did he finish? He finished the work that the Father had given him to do. He satisfied the righteous wrath of Almighty God against His people. That's something He accomplished. He satisfied the righteous wrath of Almighty God against His people. In Romans 3.25 we read, Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a wrath-ending sacrifice, That word means a wrath-ending sacrifice through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. It was said in Matthew 1.21, Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. So He satisfied the righteous wrath of Almighty God against sinners. He purchased a particular people. Isaiah 53, 11 through 12. Read, He shall see, speaking of the Messiah, He shall see of the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for He shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a spoil with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He purchased a particular people. He bore the wrath of God for many. He justified many. He succeeded where the first Adam failed. He succeeded where the first Adam failed. Romans 5.19 For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. He succeeded where the first Adam failed. And he fulfilled everything that was required of him. He fulfilled Genesis 3.15. He brought it all to pass. He accomplished the work the Father had given Him to do. So we see His announcement, His accomplishment. And now thirdly, we want to see His acquirement. His acquirement. What did He earn? What did He earn? He earned the eternal life of His people. He earned the eternal life of His people. You look at this text, this one word in the original, and you see it is finished. Imagine our justification, our adoption into the family of God, our sanctification from the Spirit of God indwelling us, And our glorification that we will receive when we go to be with the Lord in heaven. Our glorification. All here. All here. Earned for us. 
earn for us. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, we're told, Blessed blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All the spiritual blessings that we receive as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ all flow from His death here. It is finished. All of it flowing to us from this one act of the Son of God. What else did He earn? His resurrection. And there's mystery here. But He earned His resurrection. If you'll turn with me to Acts 2.23. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. Acts 2.23. Him, speaking of Christ, this is Peter's sermon. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. It was not possible that death should hold him. Because he had lived the perfect life. It was not possible because death had no hold on him. He suffered for us, not for himself. And so through his life, through all of this, all of his work, he knew the Father would raise him. And we're also told that he would raise himself. And that hence is the mystery of the eternal counsels of God. But he earned the eternal life of his people, his resurrection, and he earned his place as a man at the right hand of God. He earned his place as a man at the right hand of God. We read in Isaiah 53.12 that because of his work, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, Will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong? And if we continue in Acts chapter 2, we go on to read in verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, 
and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly, that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ earned his place at the right hand of God as a man. He did what the first Adam failed to do. Man is the crown of God's creation. Made in the image of God. Made for fellowship with God. Made for communion with God. Made to be enjoyed. To be enjoying God. The first Adam abandoned his God. But this man, this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has been made both Lord and Christ over mankind. He has succeeded where the first Adam failed. And he has taken the rightful place at the right hand of God. To further show this, turn to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. And every priest... Standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. This man offered himself as the sacrifice. This man ended the work of the Old Testament priests. Offering sacrifices that could never make atonement. As we also read in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats could never make clean But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, a forever sacrifice for sins, sat down, showing his work was complete. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, as a man, is raised from the dead and ascends to heaven, welcomed. By God. And sits down on the right hand of God. As the fulfiller. 
of the obedience required for us all. So we've seen his announcement, his accomplishment, and his acquirement. We have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ could have just left the earth before his death in the sense that he did not have to die for himself. He did not have to die for himself. He died for us. He earned our place in heaven so that we could read in Romans 8 that we're made joint heirs with Christ. Everything in Him because of His work flowing to us. To close, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ has completed His work. That our salvation rests on Him alone. That there is no addition to be made to our salvation. That everything necessary was done by Jesus Christ. And that He has here purchased all that have believed and that will believe the gospel. That we must rest in Christ and in Christ alone. For we know that even our faith to believe the gospel is the gift of God given to us. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we're told, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so why did we believe? Why did any of us here believe? Why do we believe when a world full of unbelievers rejects the very truth that we're looking at today? And God says they call it foolishness. That the preaching of Christ is to them that perish foolishness. So why do we believe? Because faith is the gift of God. And because as we read in 2 Corinthians 4.6 that God commanded the light to shine out of the darkness of our hearts. He said, let there be light, as He did in the very beginning of Genesis. He looked at us in our sin. He looked at us in our rebellion, our broken lives. And He commanded the light to shine out of the darkness of our hearts, to reveal to us the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. All the evidence in the world will not bring men to Christ. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is historical fact. It is a historical fact. You cannot study history without seeing that this is a central event that no matter who you read, it is attested to that He rose from the dead. It cannot be disproven. Never has been and never will be. And yet you have historian after historian after unbelieving historian look at that evidence and cast it off 
and make excuses. Because evidence doesn't save men. God saves men. And all the evidence in the world can be presented to unbelievers. But until the Lord commands the light to shine out of the darkness of their hearts, they will not believe the gospel. And so we must pray that God would grant mercy to those we speak to, that they would see the beauty of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ as He has enabled us to see. The act of Christ's death is over. But the benefits of His death will continue throughout eternity. This statement should ring in our ears every day of our lives. For it will be our glory through eternity. It is finished. Let us pray. Our Father, we come again marveling feeling the need to get down on our faces in Thy presence. To give thanks for the finished work of Jesus Christ for our souls. Lord, we don't deserve any of it in and of ourselves. We confess that without Thee, we would be lost, hell-bound. dead in our trespasses and sins. But we thank Thee, Father, that Thou hast not left us there. That Thou hast saved our souls. That Thou hast given us eternal life. That we might know Thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. We thank Thee for causing the light to shine in us, Lord. For enlightening our darkened minds. That even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, Thou did quicken us and bring us to life. Lord, we thank Thee for the gift of faith. We thank Thee for the revelation of God in Christ Jesus. And, O oh God, we pray, may this word ring in our ears all our days. This statement of our Lord. May we never go back to a prayer we prayed. May we never go back to a good work we did. May we never go back to what anyone has told us concerning our salvation. May we only return to this very statement of our Lord, it is finished. O oh Lord, keep us ever mindful of the finished work of our Lord Jesus. Depart us today with thy blessing. For Jesus' sake, Lord, help us to be furthered in Christ. Grow us in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. Help us to meditate on what we have read and heard. Help us to know thee more. And help us to live in the reality 
of thy finished work. We pray thy blessing upon thy people. Be with us all as we depart to our homes. Be with us throughout the rest of thy day. Fill us with thy spirit and help us to know more and more and more of thy mercy and thy grace. Amen.